everyone. I'm Ari Medlin here with Rachel Poley and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer podcast. We are on episode 145 and this week's question is, how do you deal with sagging middle syndrome? Before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss a show. And if you enjoy our episode, please do give it a like, write a review and share it with friends. Okay, so we're talking sagging middle syndrome. And obviously this is about books, not stomachs. Okay, so the middle part of a novel is often given a lot less attention than the beginning or the end. Not really a surprise, because obviously we have the hook that catches our readers at the beginning, which is super important. We've all read a million blog posts and, and podcasts and things like that that have told us just how important that hook is. And then there's the dramatic conclusion, also super important. We've got to make sure we finish hard on our books, keep those uh, readers interested, especially if we're doing a series, or just to tie everything up. So that's where you get the middle being neglected. And that's bad. First, because the story should have good pacing and sagging middle loses that pacing. And second, the middle is actually the meatiest part of the novel and really does deserve your attention. So we're going to discuss some mistakes regarding the middle. Okay, first point. You're bringing in too many characters. Let me just say, this is also an issue at the beginning as well. If you're trooping in a whole audience full of characters and throwing names at everybody. Nobody wants that at the beginning. Too many. But also, don't wait and keep half of your cast or more in the wings and just whiz them out into the middle. That is also bad. Because just because we didn't want them at the beginning to, to get you to all these names, we don't want them stuffed into the middle either, trying to remember a million names. So that's not a good thing. And that can really slow it down. You're kind of bloating your story with characters. And if you do that, you'll probably find that you don't actually need that many characters. Maybe you have too many subplots and these are added to keep the action alive. I have a, I have a feeling that this is the one that I usually do wrong. <laughs> because whenever I hit a sagging middle, I feel like we need another subplot and I throw a thread through. And the problem with subplots is it usually brings more characters. So we're talking about the first point again. Not good. Then you've got info dump. Maybe you were smart enough not to add an info dump at the beginning because we're told don't do that nobody wants to read massive chunks of information but then don't drop them unceremoniously in the middle that's also not good so this all leads to a very unfocused saggy mess with very little tension and pacing and you've probably read books like this that started strong caught your attention and then kind of wavered in the middle and the as a reader you had to sort of chug through it to get to that juicy ending that is a book that's got a sagging middle. And as a writer, you need to be able to identify that and fix it. I got to throw in right away. When we first started, uh, obviously, this is Ari's episode. She came up with this topic idea. And as you can tell, she knows a lot about sagging middle syndrome. Me, on the other hand, I, I'm not saying I don't suffer from sagging middle. But whenever I think of sagging middle, I feel like a major cause of that for me personally is that I just stall on my work in progress because I either get burnt out or I get bored with my own story. Or sometimes like I often have to jump from project to project and I just, I don't know, I lose interest. But also the other thing that I do is I tend to keep writing through the writer's block at times. And I'm sure I'm not the only person who does this, but even I've, I've done it in my current novel right now where I had George and Lila find a piece of evidence, but they didn't really know what the piece of evidence was telling them. And they harped over it for like five chapters. I'm not joking. Five chapters. When I was editing, there were lots of big X's on many, many pages. 
because it was just me saying, I don't know where I'm supposed to go next, but I'm going to try and write through it. And this isn't necessarily a bad way to get through the sagging middle syndrome, but it's just going to leave you with a lot of editing later on. I, I totally get that because I had something similar with mine, with my sagging middle for the blessed. We're following Thea. She's in a new place and nothing was happening. I had I had to get from like say day one to day eight. She was just meandering around looking at this place and nothing was happening. It's like, it's great. It's a very interesting place. You've seen all this weird, cool stuff, but I don't need like four chapters to get from day one to day eight of just nothing. So then I had to start thinking, it's like, well, okay, something's got to happen in this location. And well, something should happen in that location. If you were going to a new place you've never been before, remember, not real life, because obviously if you went to Prague and you'd never been to Prague, I assume that you're not going to get attacked by giant weasels or something. You're just going to go and meander around looking at places. But we're talking fiction, we're talking novels, we're talking stories. My character could not meander around doing nothing. And that's what she was doing. It was getting on my nerves. And I hadn't even realised I'd done that because I write in scenes and I was flip-flopping about and I wrote lots of meandering scenes, assuming there was something between them and I hadn't written anything between them. I don't. I wonder why sagging middle syndrome is even a thing. I guess I, I get it if you're a pantser and you don't outline your novels, it, it gets to a point in the plot or in your character development that you just kind of get stuck between a fork and you don't know which path to take just yet. But like, I outline my novels and granted, I don't outline detailed bulleted lists of what's, you know, first this happens and that happens. It's more of a loose outline, but I still, I don't understand where Sagging Mendel comes from and why so many people have a hard time with it because people complain that it's hard to begin a novel but we do it and it you know it works and I mean in my opinion it's semi-easy to edit a good beginning and the same thing with an ending I feel like most writers tend to have their editing all planned out like before they even start the book I don't know why editing endings come easily but that middle I don't understand why it's such an issue I suppose it's like traveling. It's when you make your plans and you know you've got to pack your bag, and get your ticket and sort your passport and get someone to water your plants. And it's very specific on what you've got to do. And you know, when you get to Prague, let's just stick with Prague. I've never been to Prague. I'm just bringing it up because it's the first thing that came to my mind. You might want to go sort your hotel. You've got certain places you want to see in Prague. I don't know Prague, so I can't even suggest anything. Should have picked Paris. But I've suggested a few things. But yeah, you want to go and see some things in Prague. You don't always think about that middle bit of the travel. And I think that's what the sagging middle syndrome is. It's just, it's like you get on a plane and then it flies and nothing happens. Hopefully we don't want anything bad happening on the plane. And I think people treat their books like that. They see point A and point B being the beginning and the end. And they just want to get to it. And it's like, yeah, but it, there should be something in the journey. But it is really easy to kind of slip up. And I don't know if it's because... We have an idea that we have to have a certain number of chapters, certain number of words, and that can end up making you drivel on about nothing and stretch things out that don't need to be stretched. Yeah, I don't know. That's I suffer from sagging middle a lot. I think I'd, you'd think I'd have a better understanding of why it happens. And I, I said I outline now. In fact, I think when I pantsed, I didn't used to have as bad of sagging middle syndrome. So, But I know I can't go back to that because I also never finished anything and I went, I would come up with more and more ideas and then this whole story would implode. So that's pointless. But you know what? That makes sense that you didn't have sagging middle while you pantsed because you were like winging the entire thing from beginning to end. So 
the middle just kind of blurs in with everything else. So that actually makes sense that you wouldn't have that problem if you're pantsing because you're just you're going through the motions and you're winging the whole novel anyway. So the middle is just kind of it's it's there, but you don't notice it. Yes. And I also think, like you said, you've got the ending, which is usually the climax and then the sort of resolution where it tapers off and either it sweeps back up to another book or it finishes and it like hopefully closes all the loops. And then you've got the beginning, which, let's be honest, we mostly see that as the hook, the inciting incident. So if you've got these two points, that's a really long space between them. So I think people have this idea that this, the middle is like, you know, 90% of the book. You got 10% at the beginning, 10% at the end. And then like, oh, that's, that's wow, my maths is bad. We're going to start that again. 20%. So it's 10% at the beginning, 10% at the end, and 80% in the middle. I'm a writer. I'm not a mathematician. And that's a big chunk. So... With that said, I'm going to move on to how to deal with sagging middle syndrome, says the writer who suffers from sagging middle syndrome all the time. The best way of dealing with it is to treat the middle chunky part of the novel and break it into three and have its own beginning, middle and end, rather than seeing it as one big chunk to get through. You want to be reducing any boring bits that lack pacing, that seem to do nothing for the characters, like me and my meandering character. So say you've got a journey, it's a long journey, and the characters have to get through something. Don't show us them traipsing through the woods or across the mountains, unless something's going to happen. Just cut it and say, three weeks later they arrived, or after a long, tireless journey of monotony, they arrived. You don't need to. It's a cut to black. That's what it is. We're just cutting to black and getting to the good, the gooder stuff. Get into the good stuff. Unless something really awesome happened in those woods and on that mountain. But again, decide if that's something that's necessary. Are you just adding things for adding things sake? Like, as I said, with mine, I had to get a certain number of days for a specific reason in the book. So I do need something in there and I hadn't put anything. If it was just a journey and I didn't need that sort of it was like yeah they just had to get from A to B and it was going to take a while I would have just cut to black I would have just explained that they went there and when they arrived they're dirty and they're you know their heart sore and they're, they're bone tired and that's what I would have shown I didn't need to I wouldn't have needed to show them getting to that position next point <laughs> massive cut off make sure the tension increases this is where you get your beginning middle and end you want to treat it like that and obviously in a book it should increase so use subplots, but do it carefully. You want to weave very tight arcs to get to the point. We're talking not long meandering. That's where you get this sag from. When you're editing, check for any info dumps that you may have dumped in the middle and then spread them out. Because you don't dump them at the beginning, you may have accidentally, unintentionally dumped them in the middle. Find them, break them into pieces and sprinkle them throughout the middle. Much better. You want to keep a check on your subplots. If you don't already, you should have written them down. You should be tracking what they're doing. You should be tracking all the little, you know, foreshadows for them and what's happening and where they're going. It can be easy to create too many and then you can end up with a lot of loose ends and little plot holes and just excessive story points that you don't need. If you're trying to fit your book into a certain number of words or you're trying to fit it into a certain number of chapters, that can happen. So don't go, well, I have to get my book to, you know, 100,000 words or 95,000 words. Let the book tell you how many words it's going to be. You can always add later if you feel like it's lacking, but don't focus too much on that to the point where you're adding in millions of plot lines just to keep it going. 
Now, it, there might be that you've got a couple of subplots that you really like, but they're not doing anything for the story. And that's where you've got to be really brutal and you've got to take them out. I know it's hard. I've done it myself. Kept several chapters in for so long in one of my stories and it broke my heart when even my partner was like, no, it's got to go. <laughs> like, I had to take it out. But you can use that to maybe make a short story or a novella or maybe it'll fit in another book, like a sequel if you're writing that. Or have it as a deleted chapter or a scene and put it as a freebie for your newsletter readers. So just because you have to take something out that won't fit, it doesn't mean it, it has to die a death and never be seen again. Just a thought. Everything that Ari says rings true. Like, especially when you, you mentioned keep a check on your subplots. I am going to like kind of turn that on its head a little bit because every genre is different. And from my personal experience, I write mystery and I cannot tell you, I think a, a big problem with my sagging middle in my mystery series is that I give my characters too many clues to follow or there's too much evidence piling up and I don't know what to do with it and I don't know which are important and which aren't and that's very similar to any subplots that you have going on as well because you might have stuff that fits in the series if you're writing a series but it may not fit necessarily well in that book or maybe it just needs to be taken out. And as I already said, you can use it as a deleted chapter or a freebie for a short story or something for your, your newsletter. So this is why we say never to delete anything. But I also wanted to say that when Ari mentioned treat the middle like a novel itself and break it into, you know, its own beginning, middle and end, I had a huge epiphany do you remember in school when we would learn about story arcs like we would read a book in English class and then they would like go over the story arc with the rising action and the climax and things like that I never this is I'm gonna sound like really stupid and I apologize in advance but I never understood the story arc and maybe it was just because I didn't pay much attention because I didn't want to analyze the books I just wanted to read them for fun but I literally, while Ari was talking, I like pulled up Google and I have a picture of a story arc. And I just realized you have like the exposition and the initial incident for the beginning, which is 10% of your book, as Ari said, I think if uh, I'm doing the math right. And then the middle would be the rising action, the climax and the falling action. There's your beginning, your middle and your end of your middle. You have like the rising action, duh, what I just said. The middle of the middle is the climax, and then the end of the middle is the falling action, and then the end of the book is the resolution and the aftermath of everything else that happens. I learned something new today. That's all I got to say about that. That's it. There is this kind of sense. I mean, I use the seven-point structure, which is the hook, um, plot turn one, pinch point one, midpoint, pinch point two, plot turn two, resolution. And even then, you've got your midpoint, which is obviously the very centre of the book. But again, you've got really like the hook is, is the beginning part and the resolution is the, the end part. But you've got these other pieces in the middle that sort of like cascade up to the centre and then down again. And it's, it's yeah, arcs, they do, they have these sorts of things. But even seeing it and even knowing that it's there, we still have a habit of <laughs> missing them. But uh, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. If you can spot that you've got a sagging middle and then figure out why. And it could be you've got too many characters. It could be that you nothing's happening, which is the biggest one. I think I think like everybody meandering around, nothing happening until you get to a certain point, almost as if we think, no, nope, we can't do anything until we reach this point over here. And it's like, 
you could probably bring that point a bit closer, or you could add a few more points in. But uh, yeah, it's it's a messy one. Is the is the sagging, sagging middle definitely? I think I know I've I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but it was probably an episode long, long ago when I was part of my local writers group. I remember that the host at the time said that when you do a line edit, you should read each line, read each dialogue piece and ask yourself, does it move the plot forward? Does it develop a character or does it set the scene at all? If you've answered yes to any of those questions, keep it in. But if you've answered no to all of those questions, then it's most likely not needed. And I feel like that's something that you should do throughout the entire book. But if you're really struggling with the sagging middle syndrome, that's certainly something you can look at. See what information you've added to the middle of the book. And if it moves the plot forward, develops a character or sets the scene, then it's probably fine may not need to stay there. It may have to get moved elsewhere, but it probably useful information to the readers. Otherwise, you can probably just get rid of it. I agree. I also think beta readers are good for that because you have all read a book where you're halfway through and then you start skimming because there's a bit too much prose, maybe a very excessive amount of dialogue where some characters monologuing about nothing, and then you start skipping. So if you've got beta readers, you can always ask them, it's like, is there a point where you started to skip ahead to get to the next action scene? Or did something drag a bit? And if they, I mean, if you can if you can ask them to look for that beforehand so that they don't have to then go, um, it's really good because then you'll know, if, especially if, if you say you've got like three betas and they all say, well, chapter seven dragged and I, I kind of skipped it. Then you know you've got a whole chapter there that was probably a waste. <laughs> but you practiced your writing. So it's fine. <laughs> okay, I think we pretty much covered quite a lot on, on Sagging Middle and, and revealed all the issues that we uh, suffer ourselves, which is, I think, which is most of what this podcast is. Look at all the things we do. Don't do this. It's bad. But with that, let's let's end it. And we'll turn it over to you guys. How do you deal with your Sagging Middle syndrome? We would love to chat about it. So tell us your answers in the comments below. And for as little as $1 a month, you can join our writing community over at patreon.com forward slash the Mayor podcast. You'll get monthly bonus content and it helps to support the show all at the same time. So on your way out, don't forget to hit the subscribe button wherever you are listening. Then do come back next Wednesday for a new episode of the Mayor Writer podcast where we ask all the right questions. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Arguments Over Tea and Coffee. Which side are you on? The music titled Inspired is by Kevin MacLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0. Thank you.